The Island Portugal Business Network is comprised of more than 150 member companies based in Portugal and Ireland. These companies are from a wide range of industries and professions and represent in excess of 25,000 people. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Ireland Portugal Business Network podcast. I'm Ellis Dixon, the content manager for the IPBN, and joining me today is Florin de Graaf, a founder of Smart Hoods, which can be described as a 21st century adaptation of sustainable neighborhoods that are both self-sufficient and technologically and socially integrated. Today, we'll be discussing the concept behind Smart Hoods, its plans for expansion in Portugal, new solutions related to monitoring and control, business challenges, community dynamics, and more. Florin, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thanks for being here. Yeah, a pleasure to be here, Ellis. Awesome. Well, first, let's talk a little bit about you and Smart Hoods and how this crazy idea of yours became a reality. Yeah, sure. So, um, for, for me, the uh, where this crazy idea started was actually when my uh, father um, became part of a, a, a similar crazy project like this back in the Netherlands called the Aardehuizen, which is a neighborhood of earthships, the first neighborhood of earthship type buildings in, in Europe. And earthships are very like low tech, sustainable buildings, almost made from trash. You know, like the, the back wall is made from car tires stacked on top of one another. And, uh, the front walls are, are straw bill with, with limestone, so very like it's either locally sourced, uh, recycled, or uh, sustainable materials with like construction techniques that that everyone is supposed to be able to to manage. And so they built the whole neighborhood of this in in the Netherlands. And to date, it is actually the most uh, self sufficient and sustainable neighborhood. So it really pushed the envelope uh, out of this sort of ideology for. For sustainability, I mean the most, or let's say the least impact neighborhoods worldwide will probably be like mud and clay huts in in, in sub-Saharan Africa or something. Like they will have no impact. But in, in within the Netherlands, like this type of neighborhood is really, uh, yeah, the impact is is several factors lower than than average, um, and it's it's also self-sufficient. So it produces more energy than it consumes. Uh, it recycles all of its water. And, and infiltrates it back into the ground. So it has a 100% circular water loop. Uh, heating is also done sustainably. And they have a little herb garden, which is public. So people can walk their dog there and uh, enjoy also tomatoes grown there. But it's only like a very small percentage. So they're not sustainable in, uh, or self-sufficient in terms of food. But all the other things, they've, they've done a great job. And like when you walk around there now, it's really, to me, a testament of how we, we can live like in harmony with each other, with nature. And also the streets, they are not like asphalt and then lanterns on top, you know? No, it's it's more like paths and a bit like wild and nature's overgrowing. And it's, at night you can see the, the stars. And well, maybe I'm a bit of a romantic hippie, but I like having experienced this, I, I do think like this is a bit the direction which we should go in. So. But still, there's also some issues because, for instance, they use composting toilets. And I think that if you want to see mainstream adoption of these type of neighborhoods, then you do need to make sure that um, it is just as comfortable as modern day uh, neighborhoods. So that's why I set out on this mission to basically take eco villages into the 21st century and embrace technology, embrace comfort and skills and competence and experience and expertise huh because a lot of times these type of neighborhoods tend to be built 
more by the people themselves, like was the case in my father's. Uh, but I actually think that if you want to do it properly, let's let's get the right people uh, with the right competence in the right places. Uh, and when it comes to design and, and especially engineering, which is actually what, what we focus on. So with SmartHoods, we focus on yeah the engineering for these neighborhoods and then not like, let's say, the static engineering for the construction, but more the systems engineering. Uh, so in order to create like a constellation of systems that work, work together to provide all the heat, power, water, and food needs, well, 50% of the food needs of these neighborhoods so that they are self-sufficient and you have everything locally. You have a roof over your head, food on your plate, power from the plug, water from the tap, um, and, you know, nice people around you. So you can live a very comfortable but low-impact life. And the way I see it, uh, this is, uh, yeah, one one of the paths forward uh, to, that we can embrace to help us deal with many of the challenges that we will be facing in the coming century. Very cool. It sounds amazing. Um, and I know that you're going through a, a period of expansion. Can you speak a little bit about um, what kind of expansion is happening with Smart Hoods in, the, in, in terms of its team and in what particular areas this expansion is taking place? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, I've been doing Smart Hoods now for the last three years uh, while, while backpacking. So out of my, my backpack, uh, I saved the money for a year initially and I went to live in a cheap place so I could set up the whole digital infrastructure of this company I wanted to build it was still Corona time as well and then after two years I found myself out of money which was last year summer like yeah, I only managed to get a few clients but I was in Portugal and I decided to do like a tour of yeah communities here because in Portugal you're actually in the hillsides you have many different yeah, more on the hippie side, uh, communities everywhere, but they were actually a good, yeah, how do you say, rock bottom for me. <laughs> uh, because I could apply myself um, and get food and accommodation while still working on this uh, this project. And one community in, particularly, in particular, Traditional Dream Factory, very cool, yeah, regenerative co-working, co-living community in, in the heart of Alentejo between Lisbon and the Algarve. Um, I was 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 kind enough to to host me for a long long period, and and I helped to build some systems there. And while being there, I actually discovered that Portugal is really it, there's really like a whole momentum uh, going on here when it comes to the topic of regeneration, right? And I think it's regeneration both in the sense of like sustainability and ecology and and uh, love for the planet as well as let's say more the, the inner type of like, yeah, like there's a lot of, I, I call them healers. Uh, like uh, in the place I was living in, traditional dream factory, you have two types of people. If, if I can say broadly, on the one hand, you have the crypto bros, uh, like people in tech, but all around crypto because it, it was founded based on crypto principles and you have the, the healers. And, and that's like the, the, um, the yoga teacher, uh, the, the meditation guru, the, the tantric healer, the breathwork instructor, and like traveling around in your van and doing things like body work and inner work. And, and well, there's tons of names for, for the whole spectrum of things they're doing. 
um, but they are meeting there at TDF, and it's it's very interesting because it's it, yeah, it's like a confluence of of ideas, and and it's really also driven by this need of like, okay, we have to do things differently from and yeah, our current extractive capitalist system, and and you know, it's like. Also, the, the people that are on sabbatical or they quit their corporate job and they bought a van and they want to do things, it all meets there. And for me, being like a physician, it, the heart of it was really, I mean, in the end, it was like, I didn't plan it like this, but it was a brilliant move because because of that, I got connected to a lot of projects around Portugal uh, that want to build regenerative neighborhoods uh, and also like uh, people that... Uh, are very much aligned with the mission of smart hoods. And well, since that actually obtained a huge network in Portugal. And now, a year later, uh, some of those people that I've met uh, are starting to 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 join my team. Like they, they want to join on this this mission. And and it's been very interesting. Like half half a year ago I was still solo. And now I have around 10 people like in, in more or lesser forms of, how do you say, engagement, helping me. Uh, like I've one programmer who's helping me full-time for one and a half years, like he's, he's traveling with me now uh, for free from, you know, unemployment benefits from his, uh, he's, he's living in Denmark, but he says like, yeah, it's, it's so cool what you're doing. I want to join. And, and it's just like growing and you know like the 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 money to pay everyone is not there yet but the the vision is there and we we have clients right so there is let's say proof that it is going somewhere and that together with the yeah purpose alignment and 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 yeah also i guess the the fun of doing this uh, is really what what yeah is is and now i'm getting a team amazing yeah Yeah. it's amazing i mean the project like this brings uh people with hearts of gold together which is really you know like their their minds and bodies are are in the right place and hopefully the work ethic can can help you along this amazing adventure that you're on and especially here in portugal there's there's a lot of room for this kind of project so i assume that uh this team expansion uh affects the project in a very positive way here in portugal so i'm wondering um so far uh, are there any milestones that um, that you'd like to share with the network in terms of this project and how your new team is sort of uh, affecting your growth? Yeah, yeah, there, there's there's been a lot actually. Like um, in in general, like well, if I'm still looking at, at the last year, I went from zero clients and maybe one or two leads to to over thirty leads right now, and like, like I would say around five clients at the moment but it like it's it's it will quickly grow i would say and um yeah we we've also been doing like a lot of yeah development of our our, our service offerings so that's that's getting really clear and i guess in terms of concrete achievements i mean in the last year we've built a helified filter at at this traditional green factory place which is like a natural filtration system using plants so it's like three pools in succession with different types of plants in which the the wastewater from the kitchen and the shower uh, is pumped in and then the plants they they clean it in different ways like aerobic 
processes and anaerobic processes well sedimentation whatnot and then by the end of it it's clean enough to be used for irrigation and it's also very well balanced because our kitchen and shower water is roughly enough to um, give water to 3,000 trees that we planted on the land um, during summer, right? They get like one or two liters per day, I think, which is what they need. And um, yeah, this is really great thing about this uh, traditional dream factory is, is that they, they have this active mission to regenerate the land. So we planted these 3,000 trees and they've already, they're starting to grow now. Like it's been a year, but they're yeah, they're, they're becoming like toddlers, and, and next year is they're, they're really go their growth is going to be exponential. They say, and and one of the things we also have a food forest there, and once once the the dry annotation landscape is is growing with trees again, then when it rains, they will also retain the water better, right? So it's like you create like an upward spiral of yeah water. Uh, retention and, and 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 recycling, which I think is really cool, and it, and it's and, and also this filter system is like a very low tech, like quite easy to build thing that I think like especially for a place like Portugal is 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 a really cool, yeah, technology to have, and we can wait to incorporate this into to more projects. So yeah, that, that was one thing that we built, and uh, another one was Biomiler in Denmark. Like a yeah, it's like a ring filled with horse manure and wood chips, uh, hundred cubic meters of manure and, and wood chips, um, which then composts over eighteen months. And in those eighteen months, uh, the heat that is released during compost is then extracted using tubing inside, and is enough to heat five homes in the Danish winter over two years. So you can heat five homes with the the compost process heat, and then by the end of it, you have high quality compost that you can use to produce food and this is also another like low tech yeah system with with actually a good business case and roi like it's a bit how do you say needs a bit of diy as well to 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 build it and you need to have like local source of forest manure and things like that um but yeah i think it's it's really cool that um we're prototyping not just like high-tech super smart systems, but also these, these low-tech systems and and that we can sort of puzzle them together in smart ways, which is what is smart is all about. I, well, I, I'm, I'm curious to hear more about like a little bit more of the the high-tech side of things. I mean, the low-tech is, is fantastic and I love the DIY element and it's so important for the water retention in Alentejo and the heat uh, coming from this compost. It's just, it's a fabulous idea, but I'd like you to speak a little bit more on like the higher tech. So where does SmartHood stand with the development of monitoring and control solutions? Yeah, no, that's uh, yeah, uh, great. I mean, for sure I can tell something about that because actually last week uh, we finished at uh, Traditional Dream Factory, TDF, again. And, um, we went there with well, a SmartHood's team of four people old tech guys like hardware, hardware developers and uh, um, software developers and we were building chips and microchips and, and, and sensors and things like that and we spent one week there and the goal was to see like okay if we have one week you know with this team because 
we we sort of we talked a lot together yeah or um, we didn't do anything yet so it's sort of like a test like what can we achieve within one week and then within that week uh we we worked quite hard to to install sensors everywhere so every plug in the wall every appliance we put like a sort of intermediate plug inside that is connected over uh, zigbee protocol it's called and we created our own sensors that we plugged into the water meters at different uh, areas on the site um our plan was also to have like a, a weighing scale that, that we would connect to the uh yeah the central the device and the, the home assistant it's called that didn't work out um, but we did also hook up the, the solar power and the battery system so by the end of the week we had uh all of tdf hooked up to to one single dashboard and we could see exactly like on the second how much water was being consumed and we could turn off lights remotely using this dashboard um, and yeah it was actually it was really cool I, I think i was super impressed by how much we got done within a week uh, also for very little cost like it cost 600 euros the, the, all of it and so now the plan is to uh and now we we know what we can do how we work together and now the plan is to start selling this solution also to product developers so make everything smart measure everything monitor everything and uh, with the goal of optimizing the performance so it will save money um but also to um yeah track regeneration uh, like how much solar power are you really producing and if you have a leak in water somewhere you will detect it right and uh we will also measure uh how much food we produce and, and what type so with all this data we can really like verify exactly how self-sufficient and how regenerative uh yeah these, these neighborhoods will be that's incredible that's uh, uh, for 600 bucks it seems like a great investment <laughs> um yeah. Well, you know, I think things are a little bit different in Portugal and, and I guess the euro stretches a bit further, but I know there's a downside as well. Most likely you've had to overcome the myriad bureaucratic obstacles here uh, as you expand. Um, do you have any stories or, or information about some of the, the hurdles that you've encountered while you've been growing the project? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, like, what was it? A little over half a year ago, I was called by a guy called Edgar um, who told me that he had found, uh, yeah, or he had seen smart hoods uh, pop up somewhere and saw that we were in Portugal. And he said, like, okay, I have, the, I have the best proposition for you. Like, your company, it checks all the boxes to tap into these funds from, like, uh, uh, yeah, the, the, the Portugal 2030 package with, like, like, 11 billion or something with EU money and, most of this money will go to towards stimulating like the entrepreneurial environment, especially when it comes to tech, sustainability, or hospitality. So, and he said, like your company checks all the boxes, like it's almost guaranteed money. And I was like, okay, well, that sounds great. Let's go. Um, yeah, it was this startup voucher, uh, thirty thousand euros for beginning startup. Only thing I had to do was open a Portuguese company. So. I went ahead and, and did that together with uh, the party that, that Edgar was working for. But yeah, long story short, like we ended up opening uh, three companies in, in Portugal. And, and the goal was to already apply back in, in February and have everything ready. 
and now four accountants uh, later and uh, six, what is it? No, February, nine months later, uh, the applications are still not fully uh, ready. And well, luckily they also get, the opening gets postponed every time. <laughs> so, you know, it's like, okay, well, we're still in the race. So, so let's see. Um, but yeah, dealing with the Portuguese bureaucratic system has has really been uh yeah very baffling it feels like 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 really dense jungle which you cannot see through and you know no machete is 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 big enough to walk and cut through it fast or well okay. if you know a very good accountant please let me know well, you know, often I'm um, speaking from personal experience here, uh, you know, oftentimes it's a hurry up and wait situation, uh, either on the side of the accountants or with the processing of the, the grant applications. I can I can hook you up with some people within the network who are excellent at what they do. Um, and uh, I'm sure they would be happy to help you. So I'll be sure to, to send you that information after the podcast. <laughs> Um, Thank you. Well, moving along to um, to to the the dynamics of the smart hoods community, I'm curious. Um, what are the dynamics? Uh, how do you see future growth going in the midst of you know these odd setbacks that uh, any new project is likely to face, no matter where they're based? Yeah, that's that's a good question. I think um, uh, in 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 a sense, like the, the timing is is right. I think for what we're doing um, and. It, Prove us in the budding in the fact that we are managing to to get clients, uh, which I think five years ago was was really really much more more difficult. Uh, thank you, Greta Thunberg, and um, um, yeah. In terms of dynamics, I think it's 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 a niche market that that we're in, um, which actually for Portugal I think is, is relatively big because there's a lot of people here buying a piece of land wanting to do some development and in that development also really thinking of things like like food forest local food production and, and efficient water management and maybe also like some off-grid aspect because not everything everywhere in portugal has a, has a grid uh, and those are actually the, the perfect uh, use cases for for what we're doing um and having said that i think yeah like a new role is emerging or we're we're creating a new role. So I think before you ha you had like the architect and the landscape designer, and then after design was done, like you maybe had some installation advisor or installer hack together some 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 system. Um, but now if you want to develop really regeneratively, you also need someone, you know, similar to an architect to really think through all these systems uh, and how to do it in a sustainable regenerative way and and that is what, what what we are becoming so it's like a sort of architect of systems in the way i see it if you have an architect who specialized in natural building materials and a landscape designer uh, who knows for instance about permaculture principles and and our smart hoods for for the systems then you have like the sort of holy trinity of regenerative design and so that's yeah the role that we are growing into and in terms of yeah dynamics or how, how how fast that's going i think we are trying to stay close to you know what is called like project-based growth 
So we don't have any investment yet. Well, we are applying for some some subsidies, but let's let's see how we get them first. So you know, it's like slow growth. And even though we are also developing uh, a SaaS solution ultimately, uh, which will be highly scalable and licensable all over the world, and you could potentially yeah get investment for that. And, and how do you say like you know, put put the, the the nitrous on the uh, development of that, I think for now we are actually choosing to sort of grow with our our clients and really give them like let's say the all the attention that they need along the way as we develop our own products and then after having done that two or three times, we all have a, a mature product and yeah, I think for now, um my goal is to to have a have a team let's say like around 15 people um and and work together also in a, in in a fun way so we are now discussing also a new model of working which is instead of 9 to 5 we call it 2 plus 1 um so 2 months you are free to work anywhere any hour whatever as long as you, you deliver like fully flexible fully free and then one month we go together to for instance a client and we do like this hackathon that we did at tdf right so let's say out of those four weeks in three weeks we then hook up all the sensors in your project and and we make it work and of course we'll get paid for that and then one week we'll have we'll just have like as a team uh, and so we get let's say best of both worlds like you get your freedom you can live ev everywhere in well let's say europe for now um but we also get the uh, the real world uh yeah engagement with one another while working on projects together with like you know like a, in a sprint of three weeks at the end of which something is finished i think that's the best way to to do team working, I mean, last week, one week in TDF, like, wow, like we created so much, you know, it's such a good feeling. And I think, yeah, that will be enough to to keep, let's say, team spirits high for a while, let everyone be free again. And then we can repeat it and we can build, let's say, sensors or we can build a project like the Helified filter or the Biomiler. And yeah, let's see. I think it's like a whole new way of working. But I'm 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 willing to try it. I think it's very millennial in a sense, or very. Um, but yeah, let's let's pioneer it. Let's let's do things differently. I love that. Um, well, I'm I'm conscious of the time, so I'd like to just sort of leave you the floor for the next few minutes, just to share about what else uh, the future holds for for you and for Smarthoods, um, because obviously the value proposition is incredible here. Um, since its launch, so I'm I'm curious to see where where you see the project going in the upcoming months, years. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, by now we have like it's last year it's become clear like we, we want to be based in Portugal. Like I'll still have ties in the Netherlands as well, and and I think we'll we'll have for for now is be like let's say European with everyone working remotely. We have people in, in Switzerland, uh, in Denmark, in, in the Netherlands, uh, and in Portugal. Um, and yeah, where, where it's going, like, I mean, right now we have around five to 10, let's say, really strong leads in, in Portugal for project developments that are all still in 
let's say, planning phases. None of them is going to construction yet. First one is going to construction uh, in this spring in the, the south of Portugal near Lagos. Um, and there are actually like, there are some, some really big developments uh, in there. So that, that's going to be very exciting. Um, but for this one in, in spring, that's really going to be yeah, our, our partner client, our, our launching customer, let's say. And what we want, we, we want to go fully through the process from, from A to Z with this system design and helping to, to build things. Like all the uh, individual parts we've already done in, in, in past projects, right? But to really have like one full project, that, that's really uh, the goal for now. Okay. And to learn from that and, and see how that goes. And then in, in the future, I think we're like, we also would like to get like uh, some base in, in Portugal. Like now, of course, it's TDF a little bit, but it would be cool if in, if in one of these projects, we can get a bit of a, of a, of a base, like an office where we can be and work together. And in the, in the moment in between, we are thinking of, of maybe getting a yurt like with the company um, and setting up this yurt. For instance, if we have this month of working with the project developer that and we do the sensors that we then come in with a van with a, a yurt on a trailer within one weekend, we pop up the yurt. Then that is our like remote office. And then from there, yeah, we, we build things uh, and then we position it back at uh, yeah, more recreational land again. So well, these are some of the ideas we're we're playing with. Um, let's see, it's it's all very different than uh, or unconventional, I would say. So let's yeah, take it step by step and see yeah what works and and what doesn't. Yeah, it's incredible. I well, I really do. I I'm sure that there are plenty of people listening to this podcast within the network uh, who would be more than happy to reach out to you. Uh, and offer any kind of help or uh, or expert advice that they can. So I urge the network to do so. Um, and I'd like to take this time once again to thank you for joining us for today's episode, Florin. It was really fantastic. And the work that you're doing is visionary in nature. And it's certainly a necessary step in the right direction for a more sustainable future. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Alice. Uh, if you'd like to hear more podcasts like this one that could potentially influence your business for the better, please be sure to subscribe to the Ireland Portugal Business Network podcast on Spotify. Uh, if you're interested in becoming the subject of one of our podcasts, please get in touch with us online or by email to General Manager Arnold Delville. Once again, this is Ellis Dixon thanking you all for listening, and I hope to hear from you soon. This has been a production of the IPBN in partnership with Pinkroom. For more information, visit us online at island-portugal.com and on LinkedIn at Island Portugal Business Network. For more IPBN podcasts, find us on Spotify or visit our website for the full list of episodes.